0: Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. Well, Welcome back to Cross Lane for week two of our series, How Sweet the Sound. I want to just come behind those baptisms. Bless little Reagan and Riley, they're sisters, and I got their names mixed up in the video. I know them apart. I don't know, sometimes I just make those mistakes. Um, Stick around. I misspell things in slides and get the punctuation wrong. I mean, I do all kinds of weird strange things can't get p- I can't type because you, you ever have one word that you can't get right when you type it you get in a hurry and you always type it wrong because is that word for me I always get the a and the u backwards so I'm, I'm constantly making mistakes like that but I hated it that I messed up little Reagan's name Reagan Roscoe what a sweet little girl we, we start today this this continuing this series how sweet the sound I just want to start Today, with an acknowledgement. The acknowledgement is that many of you are carrying a burden, and I know that. You're facing something that you wish you were not facing. Right now, I, I mean, there's been several people just this morning that I have had conversations with that I know what's going on in their life. It's not good, they're struggling, and you know, if they could press the button, the delete button, and remove that from their life, they would, but they can't. They have to deal with it. And, and so I just want to acknowledge that there are those people in the room. Sometimes it's a, an emotional thing. Sometimes it's a medical or a physical thing. Sometimes it's a relational thing. And, and if you're not going through it right now, it's like we always say at Cross Lane, just stick around because the winds of adversity are going to blow in your life. My name's Brett. I'm your friend. I'm here to tell you the truth. And I'm just telling you that you're either going into, in the middle of, or coming out of something that is difficult. That's just how life is. Life is about navigating that space. It's about navigating those times when things are not optimal, when things are difficult. And... and Today, it may not be you. It may be someone that's close to you. It may be your mom or dad, brother, sister, wife, husband. And you feel powerless to help them through it. You know, I'm I'm oriented to help people. That's why I do what I do. I want to help people. And sometimes, like the situations I talked about a few minutes ago, there is nothing I can do. And it just kills me to not be able to do anything maybe that describes you this morning you're watching someone else go through it and there's nothing you can do the reality today is that you may be sitting a row in front of or a row behind or perhaps on the same row with someone who's going through something and you don't know it because they've got the smile on and their eyes are bright but behind the eyes it's hard behind the eyes there's a problem and they're not telling anybody They're not drawing attention to themselves, they're not woe is me, it's nothing like that, but they're hurting. I want to speak this morning directly into that. We're in this series, How Sweet the Sound, we're looking at some of the classic hymns of the Christian faith, and today we consider the songs and lyrics of of a, a great old hymn, and perhaps it is your favorite, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Paul said this in Philippians, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Here's my hope for today's message. I hope that you will learn to develop a a sincere love and a true appreciation for the presence of God through prayer in your life. It is my belief that there that there are a lot of Christians who do not understand prayer. It's, we teach on it from time to time, but um, you know maybe you're in that camp and you just think, man, I just don't know very much about praying. I might pray more if I knew more how to do it, but I'm not going to ask somebody. That seems weird. So I just uh, it's possible that that you're here and you don't understand it. Some people think, well, prayer doesn't really work. You know, at, at prayer as a chore at best, and it's ineffective at worst. So today, I want to talk specifically about prayer because I believe that there's some very real misconceptions that people have when it comes to prayer. So I want to give you three, real quick. I just want to give you three quick misconceptions about prayer. Number one, prayer is complicated. That's a misconception. Prayer is complicated. Some people think that in order to talk to God, you have to use the King James. Oh, Godeth. We beseech thee today that you might hear our voice. Turn thine ear not from our intercession. Right? I mean, who talks like that? But you think that the more that you can do, the more God's going to hear your prayers. Misconception. And then you hear the TV preachers. Right? It's amazing to me how TV preachers can add syllables to the names Jesus and God. Because it comes out, j and God, it's like syllables in there that I'd never heard before. And then on top of all that, it can become complicated, legalistic. You hear somebody talking about their prayer life, and they talk about how they get up early in the morning, and you say, "Well, you know, how 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 early? Oh, pretty early, like six o'clock. What? Well, how long do you pray? Oh, about an hour." Or you hear about a guy, I read this week about John Wesley, who rose at 4 a.m. to pray, and he prayed for four hours before he started his day. Prayed for four hours. Then I learned that as he got older, he prayed eight hours a day. I've spoken of this many times. You probably get sick of hearing me talk about my mother, but I love her, and she's been a great example to me. But the impression was made on me early in my life. I would dress for school, come down the steps, and my mother would be, I would see her right, she was right across the room, I can see it in my head right now, coming down the steps and see her with her Bible in hand and her notes and her pen, and she's, sometimes her head would be down, and she was praying. And I knew, don't interrupt that. Don't interrupt that. That's special, holy, holy precious you whatever you need you wait till that's over and done and and so I, I even now when i go home as an adult man and i i spend the night and i come out wake up in the morning and i come out often she's there in her chair with her bible open notes in her hand and as a little boy i used to sit in that chair and look down and find those notes and i could see where my name was and what she was praying for me don't think for a second that stuff doesn't stick with the kid it absolutely does. made a huge impression on me. And then you hear somebody talk about praying in their prayer closet. What in the world? Prayer closet, do I have to build one of those? I mean, what, you know, what is that? So, okay, so now you're thinking, okay, now I've got to get up early in the morning and I've got to pray for at least an hour, if not four, if not eight And i got to do it in something called a prayer closet. And if you stick around long enough, you will then hear people talk about binding up the devil. What is that? I mean, you may not know what that is, but it sounds intimidating and kind of violent, right? Like it sounds like there may be hands thrown in the process of that. And it might be a physical workout to bind up the devil. It could probably take some, but you know this. You know that whatever it is, you better do it early in the morning for at least an hour in your prayer closet. And then if you listen long enough to people pray, you will hear them pray to sometimes to the Holy Spirit, sometimes you hear them pray to Jesus, sometimes you hear them pray to God, and you're like, "Well, which one? Who am I supposed to pray to? And I, how do you know which one?" And you think to yourself, Surely I'm not doing this right. Maybe I should pray, you know, with my hands like this. Or do I pray with my hands like this? Or do I pray like this? Or do I turn this direction? Do I get on my knee? I mean, what am I, so how do I do it? And it just, it can get really confusing. Maybe I need to pray longer. Do I pray, do I bind the devil before I pray for an hour? Or do I pray for an hour and then try to bind the devil? And how do I pr- bind the devil when I'm praying? I've got my hands folded. All these things. Prayer just seems really complicated and then as if all that wasn't enough you go to your life group and there's somebody in your life group who is like the professional prayer you know what i'm talking about that one person that when they get done praying you don't want to pray after them kind of felt like that after shelby just a few minutes ago like god i mean really do i have to pray after her and and when they pray it just it's it's like this they pray so good, and they pray that way every time. It's like Jesus. It's like they're Jesus' little brother, and they just can't mess it up, and they can't get it wrong. And when they pray, you think, what you think is when they get done praying, God goes, whoa, did you hear that? Right? Like, I bet God's not saying any of that after I get done praying. They just know all the cool things to say, and they use all these cool phrases like, you know, like, Lord, we call on you today, Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner, and you're like, how do they know that? And I just, I just want to thank you for your word, Father Ephesians 2.8. It's, it's highlighted in green in the top left of my Bible. It says God's grace is sufficient for all my needs, and it's not of myself. It's the work of God. It's the gift of God, and I just want to thank you for that. And you're like, how do they know all this stuff? And it's intimidating to listen to some of those guys. And you hear some of that and you think, Lord, my prayers blow chunks, really. I mean, my prayers are awful after listening to that guy. And what that does is it'll do one of two things in your world. It'll either make you stop praying altogether, which I don't want you to do that, or sometimes it'll make you up your game, right? And now you start to try to, you know, add some flair and a little help to your prayers. And now your <laughs> prayers are like, "God, you are the best part of waking up. <laughs> you, you have it your way, Lord. You de- you you deserve it. You're worth it, Lord." You know. And then now we're borrowing from commercials and throwing things into our prayers just because we don't have the language ourselves. We're just trying to beef it up, and it just comes off sounding cheesy and not real, and it's not you, and and it just. But you're trying. But we make it complicated. It's a misconception. Another misconception is prayer is boring. Over throughout the scriptures, you see Jesus praying, and once he he, he told the disciples he was going to go off and pray, and when he did, you remember what he said to him? He said, stay here, watch, and pray. You remember that? And he goes off by himself, and he prays, and then when he comes back, what does he find? They've fallen asleep, right? Yeah. I get that. I've lost track of how many times I've fallen asleep praying to God. I'm a 60-year-old man. I pray a lot. I would put that number in the thousands for me. I have fallen asleep praying to God thousands in the thousands of times. I'm not kidding. Now, think about it. Those of you who are parents and you have small kids, or if you've had small kids, you know what I'm talking about. When you would go into their room at night and you would pray with them at the end of the night, did you ever pray with your kids, and when you said amen, you looked at them and they were asleep? Right? And isn't that the most precious thing in the world? And you're like, oh. And then you tiptoe out of the room and you turn off the light because you don't want to wake that angel demon up. Right? Right? I think that's how God sees it when we fall asleep praying. I think God says, oh, would you look at that? Is that not the most precious thing in the world? Shh, 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 don't wake them up. And then if you're anything like me, you get distracted when you pray. I'm praying, and I'll hear a noise, and I'm like, what's that? You know, I'm like the dog in our house, a little noise, what's that? And That's what prayer. I don't hear noises any other time, but when I'm praying I hear them all I'm got like radar Or I'll hear music and and then I start trying to figure out who the band is and who you know Oh that that lead singer all oh, that guitar player. He's really good, you know, and I've forgotten all about praying at that point some of you um, You know you might have one of those listening devices like a, a Siri or an Alexa and you're praying and you're praying for your friend Dave cuz you you know you you thinking about Dave and you remembering this time when you had lunch with Dave and how good it was and all of a sudden that gets you thinking about eating and the next thing you know you realize you haven't added ground beef to your grocery list and so now you're calling out to your listening device, "Hey, add ground beef to the listen to the to the shopping list," right? Right in the middle of your prayer. It's like I th- I was praying and now I'm ordering groceries. What happened to me? I'm so unspiritual. Many people think that prayer is complicated. Many people think that prayer is boring. And then some people have the misconception that prayer just doesn't work. You know, Brad, if prayer works, why did I, I prayed for my dad and he still didn't get better. I prayed for my marriage and my marriage fell apart. I, I got this college degree and I can't get a job in my field. Brad, if prayer works, I've been praying and praying and praying for this. And it just doesn't seem to be getting any better. God, where are you? Is there, did I do something wrong? Am I not praying right? Do you care? Are you listening? Or are you just going to do whatever you want and me trying to say prayers about it is really just nothing more than a waste of my time? So many misconceptions about prayer. Here's what I want to do, want you to understand this morning. We are not praying to a distant, uninvolved, hard to please God. We are praying to a loving, caring, personal God that calls us friend what a friend we have in jesus what a privilege we have to carry everything to him in prayer john 15 uh, this is what jesus said about his relationship with his disciples he said i no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business instead i have called you friends One translation says it like this, I have called you the most intimate of friends, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Alpha and Omega, the great I Am, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords calls us friend. Wow. Jesus was even accused by his haters of being friends with sinners and and tax collectors, and we established last week, we all know, we are sinners, right? There's no doubt about that. He's a relational God who loves us, who gives us access to come before his throne of grace to find help in time of need. Let me tell you the story behind the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It was written by a man named Joseph Scriven who lived in Ireland in the 1800s. And he had fallen madly in love with his childhood sweetheart. The day before they were to be married, they were going to meet together by the riverside, and uh, they were going to ride out on horseback and meet each other. She rode out, got there ahead of him, and her horse bucked her off. She fell, hit her head, rolled into the river, and drowned. This is the day before their wedding was to happen. Joseph Scriven rides up to discover this scene, heartbroken. Can you imagine? Life falls apart for this guy. He decides that to stay in Ireland is going to be too many memories. He's going to leave Ireland. It's too painful. He moves to Canada, and when he gets to Canada, he comes face-to-face with the beautiful, wonderful grace of Jesus. And he decides to dedicate his entire life to following Christ and to living out the Sermon on the Mount. He takes a vow of poverty. And Joseph was skilled with his hands. He was a a talented tradesman, but wherever he went, he would not work for people who could afford his work. He would only work for those who couldn't afford him. Last week I told you about John Newton, and I said his nickname was the Great Blasphemer. Do you remember that? Joseph Scriven had a nickname, they called him the Good Samaritan. Everybody loved him. He was so kind, he had a servant's heart. He was a giver, he was generous, everybody loved him. Well, there happened to be a young lady who saw this godly man who took an interest in him, he took an interest in her, they fell in love, her name was Eliza Ross, she was 23 years old. They were engaged to be married, and weeks before they were to be married, eliza fell ill to pneumonia and succumbed to that illness two times not once twice joseph scriven lost a fiance to terrible circumstances the love of his life taken from him twice i just got a question for you how would you uh, handle that how would you do under those circumstances Joseph never fell in love again. Years went by. His mother became ill and was dying, and he did not have the money to make the trip back to Ireland to be with her and sit with her. So he wrote her a poem and he sent it to her. The poem was discovered and became it blew up. It got huge and it it, it eventually became this song. Years later, many years later, a friend was at Joseph's house and he saw this piece of paper on a desk. And he picked it up and read it. It was the the lyrics to that song. And he looked at Joseph and he said, did you, he recognized it. He said, did you write this? And Joseph smiled and said, well, to be truthful, the Lord and I wrote it together. He'd never told anybody that it was his. And that poem that he wrote to his mother to comfort her became the song that we sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Now that you know the story behind the song, and now that you know what Joseph Scriven endured in his life, I want you to feel the power of these lyrics. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's where we're going today. We're going to take some things to God in prayer. We're going to do what the half brother of Jesus said in James 5 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. What does prayer do? Prayer can defeat the devil. Prayer can calm the storm. Prayer can heal the sick. It can save a marriage. Prayer can comfort the hurting. It can, it can restore the broken. It can push back the darkness. It can invoke the power of God. Scripture says pray for each other that there may be healing because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We're not praying to some distant, uninvolved, uncaring god we are praying to a close all-knowing ever-present all-powerful god who cares for his children who calls us friend what a privilege to carry everything to god in prayer and you say well brett (laughs) that's cool and all but how do i pray I'm not sure I totally understand how to do it. So I want to make this as simple as I can, and I want to talk this morning about four, I just want to give you four practical thoughts um, from Scripture, from my life experience about praying. And the first thing that I would tell you is just simply talk to God. Just simply talk to God. Talk to God the way you would talk to a friend. Talk to God the way you might talk to me. Not that I represent that in your life. I'm just saying, I want to be your friend. Talk to God the way you would talk to a friend. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul talks about prayer in this beautiful, intimate, uh, simple way. But before we read what Philippians 4 says, it's really important that you get the context in which Paul writes these words. Paul had dreamed of going to Rome. He he thought to himself, if I could just get to Rome and preach at Rome, I could have such an impact on the kingdom. I want to get to Rome and preach. Well, he got to Rome all right, but not as a preacher. He went to Rome as a prisoner. Chained to a Roman guard under arrest 24 hours a day. He is awaiting his possible execution at any moment. Romans could have walked into the room and said, Paul, today's the day. And they would have carried him out, taken him outside the city and put a a sword down the middle of his back or beheaded him. And under that circumstance, Paul writes these words. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Brett, should I pray for my dog? Well, I don't know. Are you worried about your dog? Pray for him. Anything that worries you, anything that is going to steal your attention away from God, you should pray about it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. He says, you just tell God, what you need and you you be thankful for the things that he's already done in your life just talk to god doesn't have to be an hour you you say brett does it have to be an hour does do i have to go for an hour do i have to be early in the morning in my prayer closet binding up the devil i mean it could be that if that's what you want but it doesn't have to be all that in another place paul said pray without ceasing what that's not intimidating at all. Just pray without ceasing. Just never stop praying. You're like, gee whiz. I mean, you just wanna throw your hands up sometimes. It's like, who is making this stuff up? I'm gonna be honest with you. If I go 20 minutes in a prayer, it's like marathon for me. I'm like done going <sighs> You know, like, it's, it seems impossible for me to go 20 minutes in a prayer. It just, it's, it's I lose my focus. Pray without ceasing. Listen, I learned a long time ago, stop comparing myself to everybody else. I don't have to pray like everybody else. I don't have to pray when everybody else is praying. I don't have to pray as long as everybody else. God knows my heart. God and I have a relationship. We talk on a pretty regular basis. I learned a long time ago to not let some other Christian make me feel bad or unspiritual Because my prayer life doesn't look like their prayer life. Don't let anybody do that to you. You have a relationship with Jesus. He loves you. He's your friend. Have a conversation with him. It doesn't have to look like mine. It doesn't have to look like Shelby's. It's your own. Just talk to him like he's your friend. Pray without ceasing doesn't mean never stop praying. Pray without ceasing means having an awareness of the fact that you are ever present with God. God is always with you. That's really what pray without ceasing, It's what they're getting at with pray without ceasing. Just understand, the presence of God is with you always. It's an ongoing relationship, realizing that God never leaves you or forsakes you. I talk to God very similarly to the way that I text With people I'm if you're you're probably like me you know we that's kind of the way we communicate now a lot of texting and that's kind of how I talk to God short bursts but on a very consistent basis someone will you know I'll text with Didi and we do that frequently and and they're short bursts. some threads are longer than others some are more intimate and detailed than others sometimes it's hey don't forget the milk or whatever but sometimes it's it's like hey I'm thinking about you and miss you or whatever and and really that's a lot of times that's kind of what my prayer life might look like it's just these short bursts this continual conversation let me just give you an idea of what my prayer life is like when i wake up in the morning my watch wakes me up it vibrates and i'll hit the button on my watch to make it stop vibrating and before my feet hit the floor i've already said a prayer usually it's not real long. It's usually pretty close to the same thing. God, I, I'm, this is your day. I want to honor you with this day. Help me, help me to honor you with this day. Yesterday, I didn't do a very good job. Or yesterday was awesome. I, I'd love another day like yesterday. But God, I just, you know, I don't want this to be about me today. I want it to be about you. And it might be that short. And then I'm on my feet and I'm, I'm going to the bathroom and, and I'm in the shower and praying in the shower. Someone will cross my mind. I'll think about something. I'll just, I'll pray about it. I'll get to the office and see Tracy. God, I'm so thankful for him. He, he, he just makes such a difference at Cross Lane. He's such a good friend to me. Helps me in so many ways. Lord, I'm just thankful for the way you've gifted him. I'll see Cheryl, this wonderful prayer warrior in our church that's just so sweet and kind and such a good friend to me, and I'll just give thanks for Cheryl. You know, see Shelby and her talent and I'm thankful that Shelby's here to do what she does for us. I will see look, Michelle coming in, our custodian, who just works hard, keeps her head down, doesn't say a lot, she's just faithful. She's just a humble servant, doesn't draw attention to herself. And I'll see Becky, I'll see Shelby, I'll, I'll see Ryan with the kids and think to myself, man, I'm, we are so fortunate to have somebody like Ryan. God, I'm so glad I don't have to worry about those kids because we've got him. I don't have to worry about them. Becky does a great job. And so I'll just, you know, I'll just kind of, that's kind of how my day goes. And then maybe somebody will text me and they'll tell me, hey, I just found out my mom is going to have to go into the hospital. And I'll just write then and there, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. And then right then and there, then it's not a long thing. It's just, God, you know more about that than anybody. I don't know anything about it. And I'm helpless. I can't do a thing you can do everything and I pray father that whatever n- is needed there I know that you're already on it and I just give you thanks that you're already on it and I pray that they would feel it today I pray that they would feel your presence that they would go through this day and not be anxious and not be afraid that they would know that you're gonna take care of them I'll hear a song and it'll remind me of my daughter and my daughter's married now grown and married and she's off on her own doing her own thing and there's not a whole lot dad can do for her anymore and I'll just, you know, I'll just say, God, what does she need today? What does she need for me? How can, I, how can I be a good dad to my daughter and my two boys? How can I do that? It's just this constant, ongoing awareness of the presence of God. Short bursts of communication as if I'm talking to a friend. I don't really pray long prayers. My prayers aren't really long, but I don't go very long in between praying. It's just like it's like walking along with my friend Michael. There's times when we're talking and there's times when we don't say a thing to each other. But I know if I need him, he's there for me. And if he knows, if, if, if he needs me, I'm right there for him. And that's kind of how it is with God. God, I know you're there. I know you're watching every step. You're in lockstep with me. And, and there's times that I'll just have a conversation and talk to him. There's other times I just know that he's with me. And then there's sometimes that I get so angry Something will happen, I'll get frustrated, and I need to vent to God. I've said this before, but this is one of the wisest things I can say to you, especially in the times that we live now, especially in the times of Facebook when it's so easy to step in it and say something really stupid in a very public way. Um, When you get frustrated, when you get angry, when something doesn't go your way, when someone hurts you, you have two options. You can hold your tongue for 20 seconds and be thankful for the next 20 years that you didn't say something that's really stupid and hurt somebody, or you can indulge your tongue for 20 seconds and regret it for the next 20 years and say some things that you can never take back. And, and usually it's just 20 seconds is all it takes. Just enough time if you can just let that initial, all that stuff that just kind of gathers and builds and makes its way and, like, and then you go, and you say it out loud. And 10 days later, 10 years later, 20 years later, you're saying to yourself, why did I do that? Why did I, why did I say that? So oftentimes, instead of indulging my tongue toward others, I'll indulge my tongue toward God. And all that, bleh, God gets. Peter said it like this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's okay. It's okay to say, God, this makes me so mad. I'm so mad right now. God, I don't understand this. It's okay for you to say, God, where are you? This doesn't make sense to me. I'm frustrated. He cares for you. David did this all the time in the Old Testament. You look through the Psalms, David is constantly saying things like, God, where are you? Have you stopped caring for me? Why aren't you you pushing my enemies back? Don't you care? Aren't you here? God cares about you the same way when your child is disappointed or hurt or frustrated and they come to you and you open your arms and you wrap your arms around them to embrace them and bring them in. That's exactly how God wants to be with you. When you get frustrated, you should run straight to him. When you're hurt, instead of hurting back, run to him. Vent to him. Let me lay this on you. My best praying isn't when I'm talking to God. My best praying is when I'm listening to God. And usually it's, it's my best praying is when God is asking me questions and I'm trying to find a, a, a sufficient answer to the question. You say, Brett, what are you talking about? Well, just like I was talking about a minute ago when I get so frustrated and I start to vent. Um, <laughs> God, that makes me so mad. And I can just hear God say, well, Brett, why does it make you mad? What are you you mad about? Okay, what? what? And then I'll hear another question. Brett, is your pride in the way? Because, you know, Brett, we've had this conversation many times about humility, and I, I put that on your heart a lot. It's something I want you to pursue, and I'm afraid that what's going on right now is that you don't have any humility, and your pride has been hurt, and because of that, this is aggravating you in a way that's probably worse than it is. Uh, Brett, what was your motive? And what's your motive now? Can we stop talking now, God? No, not right now. We're in the middle of something. How, do you think that's how Jesus would respond? How do you think Jesus would respond to someone who just did to you? What would, how would Jesus handle it if, if they did it to him? Well, I don't like the answer to that question because that that means I can't talk bad about them and I can't be angry and I can't, because what I really want to do is punch them in the throat. And we know Jesus wouldn't do that. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and I know them. Jesus is the good shepherd. We are the sheep. It is his job to guide us. It is our job to be led by him. Prayer was never meant as a means for us to tell God what we want him to do. That's what prayer has become for a lot of people. God, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. Billy Graham said this, prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. In the Old Testament, Samuel said this, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let me tell you, if you'll take that posture now and again, instead of just rattling off your list to God about, hey, this is what I want, God, this this is what you need to be doing for me, it's like we think we can give God marching orders. Kind of like we do our kids. Clean your room, do your homework. God, I need you to do, this is my list. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do this, this, this. What if we got alone with God and we said, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Some of you aren't ready for that. <laughs> if you would do that, you would see an uptick in the meaningfulness can I use that as a word? Is that a real word? Meaningfulness of your prayers. Prayer will become something completely different to you. I promise God will speak to you. You say, Brett, is God going to call my name? I don't think so. I think you would probably have a heart attack if God did that, right? If he spoke out loud to you. He could. I'm not saying he won't. I'm not saying he, but he could. That's probably not how it's going to go down. God is speaking to you in so many ways. But so often we're just not slowed down enough to listen to what God has to say. You want a surefire way to to have God speak into your life every day? Here's here's a, if you think I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. If you want God to speak into your life, here's how you do it. Get alone with God, with your Bible, open it up and start reading it. I guarantee you, there's going to come a point where God starts to speak to you and you won't be able to shut him up. Just let him speak. He's going to comfort you. He's going to lead you. He's going to speak. He's going to guide. His word is alive. It's active. It's powerful. When you get close to the word of God, he starts to speak to you. I get so tickled at you guys. You'll walk up to me after I've preached this sermon here. You'll walk up and you'll say, How did you know? You've been reading my emails. You must have been in the car with us on the way here because you talked about exactly what we've been struggling with. Listen, that is not me, okay? I'm not anywhere near good enough to do something like that. That is all God. Here's what I really think. I truly believe this. I could get up here and I could literally say, Hickory Dickory Dock. And God could take that and interpret and, and have you hear something entirely different and speak to you I've preached sermons that I thought, no, I thought I, you know, when it's good, I know it's good, and when it's awful, I know it's awful, okay? And I've preached sermons and I've left this stage and walked off and thought, that was horrible. And you'll come up and you'll I, there's one person, <laughs> there's one sermon in particular that I preached a long time ago about work. And I thought, nobody wants to hear this sermon about work. And they they still to this day say to me, Brett, that sermon changed my life. What? Not because I'm any good, because God's good, because God spoke to them exactly what it was they needed to hear. Sometimes God speaks through, his, through a, you know, his still, small voice. It's not audible, but sometimes it's louder than an audible voice. I've had God whisper things to me that were so loud that changed my life. You want to hear one of them? Brett, you're going to Terre Haute, Indiana. no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. And a week of that, a week of that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. God is your friend. Talk to him like he's your friend. God, thank you for that sunset last night. That was amazing. And the colors you put in the sky just blessed me. It just blessed me. And I know there's a scientific explanation about gases and, you know, particles in the sky and how the light hits. I know all that, God, but my eyes saw something beautiful last night that you created. Thank you. Or, God, I'm so scared right now. I'm so afraid. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. All the time, give thanks to God for who he is, for his character, for his faithfulness. Give thanks at all times. It's exactly what Paul did, chained to a Roman guard in prison. <clears throat> his life could be over at any moment. They could come in and behead him at any moment. And under that threat, he penned these words, okay? Okay. Listen to the words of a man who's about to die. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's God's peace in the middle of crisis. I've told you a little bit about this. Some of you know that before Christmas I was pretty sick. Um, and I had several things wrong with me, but uh, one of the th- things that came out of that was that I kind of, and they, I guess some it's, some people experience this, but I kind of lost my mind. And you're like, well, Brett, we've known that for a while. <laughs> it's not news <laughs> to us. We've known. No, I mean this is worse. This was worse than normal. Like, like. I, I was afraid. I, I couldn't remember how to prepare notes for a sermon. I didn't think I'd ever preach again. It was terrifying. I would watch ball games, and I'm a big sports nut. I would watch ball games, and I, I couldn't make sense of what the game was. I watched a movie. I came home, watched a movie with Dee, Dee, and I couldn't tell you what the movie really was trying to say or what it was about, a lot of dialogue, and I couldn't follow any of that. And I, I just remember being being a little worried my my mama taught me a long time ago i knew my mom's taught me brett god's always going to tag and hear her voice right now brett has there ever been one time in your life god didn't meet your need no mom okay then we're going to not worry about this this isn't something we're going to worry about we're going to pray but we're going to trust god to show up because god always shows up for us brett There's not ever been a time that that's not been the case. And I know that. And so I just started saying, God, I need you. I just, I need you. I don't even know what you have to do. I don't know what this looks like. I may never preach again. And if that doesn't happen, I'm okay. But God, I'm just telling you that I'm scared there's some stuff going on here that I don't understand. It's beyond my control and I can't help it. Can't do anything about it. God, I need you. I want to end by saying this. Prayer will not always change your circumstances. Sometimes your circumstances will not change when you pray. I guarantee you when you pray, you will change. Prayer doesn't change your circumstances sometimes. Sometimes prayer changes you. Feel the weight of these words. Oh. What peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And and I can hear Paul right now, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all that he has already done and you will know the peace of God, a peace of God that surpasses all understanding. The peace of God is not found in the absence of problems. The peace of God is found in the presence of God. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. We're going to sing in just a moment. When we do, there will be people down front. If you need to pray, if you need to have somebody pray over you, that's why they're here. They're here every Sunday. I don't always say anything about them. I should. I should remember to tell you that every week. But they're down front. They're here to serve you and pray with you. If you want to come to know Christ, they're here to help you with that. Some of you got some stuff going on in your life. I'm so sorry. I I wish I could fix it. I wish I could take it away. But what we can do is we can pray for each other and it's not just something like, oh, it's a last resort, like, well, I guess we can pray. No, pray first. We pray first. We pray believing that God hears our prayers and loves us and cares about us and is going to see us through. Even if it means I die, God's going to give me what I need. Let's pray together. Father, May this group of people in this room right now know your presence in a supernatural way. May you you come upon them and may they feel the weight of the presence of God, maybe in a way they've never, ever felt it before. And the next time they pray, Father, I pray that they would pray with more confidence. I pray that they would understand you as a friend. I pray that they would not feel like they're measured against anybody else because they don't have to measure themselves against anybody else that they would just speak to you like a long lost friend and tell you what's on their mind and God like the father you are you love us you're going to embrace us and you're going to give us exactly what we need and father help us to trust you in that moment we love you and we worship you and we honor you in this time and in this space we pray in Jesus name amen